You don't. Bam. I'll make, or I'll, make, I'll make everyone happy. I mean, I accuse people like, you, you know, like if they say, if you say, um, like if the police say, if, 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 they, if they're trying to apprehend a suspect and they say, or they pulled someone over and they're like Caucasian female 35. I mean, on some level, not even on some level, they're being um, se- sexist and colorist. <laughs> and so if, if on Friday, if on Friday we are going to do the, we're doing the top 10 of all time CrossFitters. Mm-hmm. I, it's yeah, it's yeah. going to have to be, and, and, and we're going to be sexist because we're going to, no, no. Are we not? If we, this top 10 list includes men and women together. Yeah. So that's not being sexist. But if we had a top 10 list of separated, that would be sexist. Not in a bad way. I, I know people think that's a bad word, but it's just. Well, we did the top 10 men to and we did the top 10 women. And, and you know, now we're, we're going to do a hybrid list. Do you and f- it's understood that there are different competitions, but um, it's also kind of cool in the sport of CrossFit that, um, you know, the, from the inception of it, there have been pretty equal playing fields for the men and the women. Good morning, oh. Mike. Hey, how you doing, Savon? Well, um, Brian, what were the allegations? The allegations were that since you didn't automatically assume Tia was the greatest CrossFitter of all time, you were sexist. Was that the allegation? Pretty much. That's amazing. You're not even allowed to talk about it or else you're sexist. That's awesome. Mike, holy cow. Um, This is one of the only guests that I um, ever flaked on. I double booked Mike and Emily Abbott on the same day. And because you're not sexist, you went with Emily. <laughs> no, because I am. That was not actually that. Yeah, you got that all backwards. Because I am sexist, I went with Emily. Mike, I'm going to change your, um, I'm going to change this to your name. So it's your Instagram account. What, what is your Instagram account? Can you spell it out for me? Uh, just Mike Bergener, B-U-R-G-E-N-E-R. Mike Bergener. It fits. Bergener. It fits him perfectly. Yep. <laughs> Mike Bergener. Mike, but but so guilty of saying Mike Bergner a thousand times in my life. So two thousand. I probably say Mike Bergner more times than I should too. <laughs> <laughs> Your dad is pissed. No, he is pissed. What uh? What are the origins of that name? Uh, Swiss, you know? Swiss and German. Does it mean anything? Strong like bull. I knew it. I knew it. I thought it meant handsome lad, but whatever. Well, that too, but I'm a geezer, so shit, the handsome is gone. That eroded. Hey, Mike, do you know Brian Friend? Hi, Brian. Hey, Mike. Yeah, I don't don't think we've ever met. Certainly, I know your work, though. Well, I watch, I stalk you guys anyway, so I know you. Okay. I feel Uh, bad for you having to do all this shit with Savon. It makes me tougher. It does. Now I got to uh, blow some sunshine up his butt because I I'm a real fan of of Savon for this for sure. But uh, I love his wife and uh, the kids and how he raises them. I think that's really amazing. So he's he's a good dude in spite of everybody telling me opposite of that. Trust your own judgment. I want to read something to you guys. I don't mean to drag you guys into this bullshit, but I have to read this at the beginning of the show. Uh, this comes from the San Joaquin County um, uh, School District this morning. By sending your child to school today, 
on or any scheduled vaccine clinic days, you are giving implied consent to form of medical intervention. People, you cannot send your kids to public school anymore. You, th this is from the San Joaquin County schools that it, that you are basically when you send your kid to school on um, vaccine clinic days, you are giving implied consent to form of medical intervention, and it's got the 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 whatever the coat of arms for the San Joaquin County uh, school district. This is not cool, man. You can't be sending your kids to school and not know that like like my kids aren't circumcised. I can't have them go and then come back circumcised because I, I gave them implied. Uh, Medical intervention. Insanity. California. Insanity. Do something to my kids. Mike, have you ever had laser surgery? Have you ever thought about having laser surgery so you wouldn't have to wear glasses anymore? Oh, I, I mean, these are just readers. I can't see. I, is that you, Savon? I can't even tell. <laughs> no, it is not. But this is, no, I can see, well, I can see, and that's ass from 100 yards, but I can't see reading at all. Oh, close up. Okay. And do you wear glasses besides those um, cheapy ones? That no, you have? I get them oh. from Amazon for about two bucks a piece. I know you're the same generation as my mom. My mom does that too. She likes the cheapies and then lay them all around the house. So like wherever she goes, there's just one to pick up. I've got a thousand of them all over the place. I bet you even have some in the trunk of your car. I don't have a trunk. I have a truck. Oh man. Shit. So they're, they're all over the place in my truck. For, um, this is a hard one for me to do because podcast for me to do because I did a podcast with Mike when I was over at CrossFit Inc. And we really um, we really went through his timeline from um, insemination to um, f his parents fornicating and making this young lad to the present. And it was quite thorough and it was it's quite fascinating. And yet I just feel like there's some things we still have to go back and touch on before we just shoot the shit. Um, so I apologize for those of you who've listened to it and heard it, but it was several years, it's several years ago. And I'm sure actually Mike and I have both forgotten. <laughs> I'm a geezer. I forget everything. <clears throat> Mike, how many kids do you have? We have four children, three boys and, and a girl. And, and what are their names? Casey's the oldest and he's up there by you. He's in Monterey going okay. to, uh, Naval postgraduate school. He's a uh, military officer. He's a lieutenant commander in the Navy. Oh, wow. Bo is uh, Bo's over in uh, Portugal. He's my second son. Did he he's chase a girl over there? Strength. Did he chase a girl over there? Uh, he's got a wife over there and a baby. Wow. And is she, is she a native of the land? Yeah, she's Irish. And uh, she, uh, she was on our staff, uh, Years ago, right? Uh, we were in uh, Italy and I found her and she's just a dynamo. She's outstanding. Comes from a very fit family. And um, her name is Sophie Cavanaugh. Now it's Sophie Bergener. Is she related uh, to the cap, the, the coach Cavanaugh, the guy who coaches uh, Connor? No. Okay. No. Everyone's named Cavanaugh in Ireland, right? There's like 10. Yeah, just about. But, I think okay. so. Okay. And then uh, my son, Cody, lives in Washington, D.C., well, in Alexandria. He's a firefighter down in Prince William County, and he's married married to uh, Taylor. And they're, um, they have a baby, just had a baby as well, Logan. And then I have uh, my daughter, Sage, is a single mom, and she lives, she lives about five miles from us. My, my mom told me yesterday that I should have your daughter on the show. She called her a real – I forget what the word she used – She's a, a fire breather. 
Oh yeah, I think my my mom said Spitfire, and I go, "What's that mean?" She goes, "Just look her up." On, she's like, "I follow her." She's like, "You would really like her." Yeah, she's you like, would. You you would really like her. She's uh, <laughs> oh god, I have four children and three boys are not like me at all. But my daughter is more like me and has caused me more grief than anybody else. <laughs> um. So, so Casey met an. Irish woman, but lives in Portugal. No, no, that's Bo. Bo, sorry. <laughs> how does that happen? Uh, they met through CrossFit weightlifting. But why port? How did they end up in Portugal? Like, why didn't they choose one of their home countries? Why aren't they in uh, Ireland or Portugal? Is really an interesting place. I mean, it's first of all they have a house or a uh, a condominium, three bedroom, two bath condo, right on the ocean for fifteen hundred bucks. Wow. I can take out. I could take. Uh, I don't know, four couples out for dinner for less than a hundred dollars. Wow. It's really, and it's a beautiful, beautiful country. And, and, and 1500 is, is, is that you pay that just in your property tax every month here in California. Oh shit. It's crazy. You know, I mean it's here, crazy. but I mean, uh, he was, he was living here. Then she left her, she let her, her, uh, green card expire and you have three months to get it renewed and she just forgot about it and went back to see her parents over in uh, uh dublin and uh, couldn't get back uh, so they were living here in oceanside and uh hell they were paying three grand a month just for a uh you know a one-bedroom apartment that was about a half a mile from the beach um can you go there to portugal like is oh, it yeah. easy for- you can I I was just there about uh, oh eight weeks ago or so. Wow, that's awesome! I, I, I in my mind, I'm such a I guess I'm I think of myself as a positive person, but I guess I'm just a negative Nancy. I just think of the whole planet as being locked down. That's awesome that you went there. Well, yeah, we had to do a lot of a lot of crap to get there, but uh, uh, we went, and it was. Uh, I mean, I've been there three or four times, and I really like it. What about the? Do they speak English? Very rarely. Uh, some of them do. Um, not all of them. And that's I think that's one reason why I think they're they would like to they've tried to pick up the language. I think they would like to, uh, you know, they want to come back over here, obviously. But that's been a nightmare. Uh, they may go to France. Or you can't just might- marry an American dude and come over here. <clears throat> no, no. She she was they were here when they got married. Oh, I mean, she, I mean, she's married to an American guy. She's been married. They've been married now for about a year and a half. They have a baby and he's an American citizen. He's going to. Oh, have you know what they need to do, Mike? They just need to go to Mexico and just walk across the border. That, that's that, what that, I told them. It's totally chill that way. It's exactly. totally. I, told I mean, them it's, I said, come to Mexico and I'll, I will uh, come and get you. Yeah, that's the way. And it's a nice walk. It's a ni- <laughs> it's a nice walk. It's a, it's yeah, a lot of uh, natural a landscape go through a little bit of uh you know creeks and shit like that but other than that you can get across isn't that crazy though people can cross at the southern border get a court date and stay in the united states but this dude who's a contributing member to society who has a dad in the country who has money brothers and sisters family and he married this chick and he has a baby and he can't come here and participate well, he can. He he comes over. In fact, he'll be here next weekend. But not with he, this chick. Not with her. No, she'll she'll stay. Uh, Sophie will have to stay there. She can't. She can't come over here. 
I mean, we're working on it. We've been working on it for like two years now. And it's, it's bizarre, and about 20 grand later. Jesus. Ay, ay, ay. I know. Were you going to say something, Brian? Oh, was, uh, one of my closest friends had a, a similar situation. His wife is Australian and they, he was working there as a petroleum physicist, met her. And it was like a two to three year process. They got married and then she was able to stay here for a certain amount of time, but she would have to leave for a certain amount of time. And it's not easy. Well, uh, Blaine McConnell is married to the one of the Iceland chicks. I forget her name now, but she she actually competed in the Olympic Games and she was living here. And now they they have a baby. And uh, she's been gone now for three or four years. They can't I, get back. I just thought you could marry someone like if you marry an American, you're good to go. No, that happened in the Philippines in World War II. All these Filipino gals got married to GIs and they came over and divorced them. They came over just to get American citizenship. So they really, they've cracked down on that kind of stuff. But I mean, Bo now, you know, he's an American citizen. He lives in Portugal and he has to leave every three months. Nuts. <laughs> um, you, 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 you were in the Marines, Mike? Yes. What years were you in the Marines? I was years. I was years sixty-five to seventy-five, but that wasn't all active duty. That was uh, a lot of it was reserve duty. I was in the PLC program for when I was at Notre Dame, and so my actually active duty times in the Marine Corps, where I actually served, was nineteen seventy to seventy-five. And and why did you sign? What, what's PLC, and why did you sign up for that? Uh, platoon leader course is what PLC stands for, and uh, I don't know. I guess I watched too many John Wayne movies. I always loved being a Marine, and uh, the Marine Corps was was uh, had great uniforms, and uh, you know I'm crazy anyway, so I felt like that uh, that would be the branch of service for me. So really, there was no. It, it's kind of like if you and I were sixteen-year-old boys and we were standing around throwing rocks at a stop sign, and the cop came up to us and said, "Why are you doing that?" We'd be like, "We don't know." Yeah, sixteen-year-old boys. You signed for the Marines like that, like yeah. I don't know. Well, they were at Notre was, Dame and they came in with their uniforms on. Of course, Vietnam was going hot and heavy, uh, and these guys were, you know, they were poster guys for the Marine Corps. And they had their uniforms on and they all their medals, and they were they were pilots. And they had served two tours in Vietnam already. And this was 1965. Um, and they just, shit, I went in. They pulled me right by and And uh, best thing that ever happened to me. Um, someone said happy birthday tomorrow, Mike. Ooh, Is tomorrow the Marine Corps' birthday? It is. Wow. How many years, do you know? Uh, 246, I think it is, or 47. Wow, the Marine Corps has been around that long. What year is it? It's 2021. What's the yeah. math on that? It's like the 1800s. Oh, uh, 1770 Ton Taverns. I think it's 1776. Nice. Um, did you get deployed? Uh, no. No, I went in. The Marines were were out in uh, out of Vietnam in 71. So by the time that I was in doing my OCS and TBS and all that other stuff, um, you know, the show was over for us. Now, the Army, the Air Force and the Navy stayed in, but the Marines came home in 71. Did that stress your parents out? Yes. <clears throat> and then your kids paid you back. Yeah. 
Listen, fucker. Yeah, it, it was. I have no Marines. My son, Bo, was in the Navy. Uh, uh, Cody Casey's in the Navy. And, of course, Cody doesn't. He won't have. He's a firefighter, so public service for him. Um, someone wrote, uh, um, uh, Michaela wrote August 4th, 1790 for the Coast Guard. Yeah. Interesting. I didn't even know there were boats in 1790. Well, they all have. I mean, it's, (laughs) it's, it's, it's awesome. Army, Navy. Of course, I always tell my army buddies and I, I love my army buddies, but I always tell them that army stands for aren't really Marines yet. (laughs) Perfect. Let's see that. Let's see the anger in the comments. Mike, is there, there's, there's this, like, there's this belief amongst, you know, certain people like myself, a younger version of me is like, Hey, you're a man, you're a human being, push your body as hard as you can. Everyone should experience their strength to its maximum potential at some point in their life. And now that I'm 49, I'm thinking maybe since, Maybe in the last 10 years, I should have taken it a little easier with some of the CrossFit shit I tried. Like maybe I tweaked my back. Like I have, I have a ba- some back issues. It's like I wake up to every morning. Do you ever do you ever go back and think, oh, maybe I shouldn't have lifted that. I shouldn't have done that. Not not in a regretful way. Not not like you you regret your life choices, but like, hey, there was a smarter way to do it. No, I okay. worked my ass off and I kicked everyone's ass hard in my students. I expected everything from them, a hundred percent all the time, because I gave a hundred percent all the time. That's one thing the Marine Corps taught me: you lead by example. So I would ever, I would never ask my kids, my students, to do something that I wouldn't do. So if I asked them to run when I first got out of the Marine Corps, I taught five PE classes and I ran with every PE class. We were taught to lead by example, and that's. Uh, that's very important for us. I used to do that when I was coaching the uh, varsity soccer teams. I wouldn't, uh, I would never put them through a workout that, that I wouldn't be willing to do. And I made sure that they knew that. Absolutely. And as you get older, you can't do that. So as I got older in my sixties, I rode a bicycle while they ran. Oh, and they accepted that because of my age. That point was, I was just out, I was out there with them and I still do. I mean, I still do 50 pull-ups a day. You know, I do my, push-ups pull-ups i do i had a knee replacement done in uh april 29th and i'm i'm squatting again uh if i didn't have bad shoulders i could still snatch and clean and jerk i mean i can snatch and clean and jerk with a pvc pipe but that's about it you can do that you you still have that explosive that twitch well i have great great explosiveness that's that's about the only thing you know i i, I was strong okay but my the whole point of olympic weightlifting i was extremely explosive and five ten, work- I could dunk a basketball. Wow! Me How too, old were you when you were at your strongest? Uh, Most athletic. Twenty. Well, it, I think at about twenty five, twenty four, I clean and pressed four hundred pounds. <laughs> wow! <laughs> I remember yeah, you then, talking that, about that, the the clean and press. It's almost like yeah, a standing well, bench it's lift. An bench press. press. It's not a military press, but. That was part of the lifts back then. The snatch, you had the clean and press, snatch and clean and jerk. 400 pounds? Right. Where did you do that? I would did it at the Junior Nationals. and I'll, I'll, That's now the American Open, but I'll always hold that record because of uh, they eliminated the lift. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, is there a video of that? Um, I don't. 
back then when I did that, uh, no, I don't think there was any videos of it. They, well, no there definitely wasn't video. video. I guess film. I guess there was no video for maybe film. I, I have a picture of, I have a picture someplace of, they actually put that up on my courses. My, my kids do that shit to me. I have a, a big poster of, of me holding the weight right before I was president. Wow. Have have the bars come a long way since then? <laughs> Those were with steel plates. And and oh did the God. and did the bar spin? Yeah. Oh yeah. You had oh. the, the York barbell was a great barbell. <laughs> and then of course there was a Russian barbell that had very aggressive knurling that they used and it was terrible. You had to use it, but it everybody's coming back with scars on their throats and bleeding because of that barbell. And uh but yeah, York had a great barbell, and uh, Alico wasn't as popular then. I don't believe. I don't. I don't. I, I don't think I ever lifted with an Alico bar until you know much later. There was a company called Uderholm. Uderholm had a pretty good bar. I think Alico bought them out years ago. Maybe in, from the Netherlands. Is that from Uderholm? Probably. I can't. You know, but. We none of us except Europe. Everything was in pounds in the United States. Everything was on uh, iron plates. Uh, and of course, if, if we read when we got the read stuff from Europe, everything was in kilos. Uh, and you know they they had pretty good bars, but we had good bars at the national championships. We had good bars, but you know in training, our our bars and plates were like they were just iron plates and. You would lift a weight and you'd have to hold it over your head. And then when you when the referee would give you the down signal, then you would have to bring it down to your shoulders and then your thighs and then below the knees. And once it was below the knees, you could drop it. <laughs> Insane. And you did that with four hundred pounds? Yeah. Damn. And it was crazy because what if you miss four hundred pounds? What am I gonna do with it? I'm gonna drop it. And you and you had to have seen that happen. Someone dropped. Oh yeah, you'd see it all the time. But Man. there was, I mean, I can I can tell you that I've lifted in a weightlifting contest where I weighed in at noon and lifted at midnight. <laughs> wow! Because you had you had three lifts, and they'd give you fourth attempt if you were going for a national record. I, um, I was at the UC Berkeley gym many. Uh, Many years ago, when I just found CrossFit, I was probably 35. With and Carl? Was, yes, with Carl. And I was overhead squatting uh, 175 pounds, and I was in the cage, and it was steel weights. And I think I was going for, I was going to trying to do 10. And on my 10th rep, I think I dropped it from overhead onto the ground. And they, they came over and yelled at me pretty good. And what was what was amazing is they told us that that was actually a basketball gymnasium we were in, and so dropping the weights wasn't allowed. But I mean, of course, they had a they had a floor on top of the basketball gymnasium. Yeah, anyway. sure. You you that that we got in so much trouble there. Do you know Carl? Tall Carl. He's like six six. Carl. What's his last? Do you know his last name, Brian? Eggle Eggleman something. Oh, like Eagle. He does yeah. he does whiteboard daily. Yeah, they're from Indiana. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good dude. Really he is like a good dude. Actually, yeah. one of his drawings was just featured yesterday or the day before in the CrossFit end of day email. Oh wow! And Mike, you would have loved it because it was it was saying, "This is red flags." If you hear someone saying, "Well, I need more weight on the bar to move it well," yeah. No, Carl's <laughs> been out here. He's he's been out at my house, and uh, you know, uh, he's got my blessing. He, he's a good dude. 
Yeah, but, uh, so I was working out in the gym at UC Berkeley back then, and I think he walked up to me and was like, hey, nutball, what are you doing? I go, I'm doing CrossFit. He goes, I, I try to do some of that too. And then we basically worked – right then we just worked out every day together for probably like, I don't know, four months. Yeah. And I, we were a weird combo because he's six, seven maybe, and I'm five, five maybe. Yeah, he's a school teacher. Yeah. Now, and but now he now he's a independently wealthy man. His whole drawings thing is taken off, and he's like, he's doing it. He's yeah. living the dream. He's living the Mike Bergener dream. <laughs> I'm retired. How how did you meet your wife, Mike? Oh God, that's a long story. But basically, uh, was, I is it a good one? With her dad when I was in the Marine Corps, he was a uh, he was a neurosurgeon, and. Uh, he was on. He was a captain in the Navy, and he was on the USS Sanctuary in Vietnam in '68. And uh, so I met him at a racquetball court. He was coming out of the racquetball court, and I was going in. And I had my my uniform on, and I had all my insignias and all my. I was parachute and scuba qualified, and uh, he saw that, and uh, uh, I saluted the hell out of him. He stopped me and wanted to start talking. So we struck up this relationship and we started playing racquetball every day and one day he asked me if i wanted to go on a picnic and i said yeah sure i like a free meal and uh, he says well I, I wanted to introduce you to my daughter and i'm going hell yes i'm a captain in the marine corps I'll, i can do that and uh so we went out went to the beach of course, I went out and got all these fancy clothes because I was from Southern Illinois and I didn't know what the hell to do. So I got all this stuff. But this guy sold me a bill of goods. I had lime green pants, a zipper shirt that was silk, white patent leather shoes, and uh, a baseball. I want to see hat. a picture of that too. I want to see oh, a sure. If you ever, you ever ask her about it, she'll laugh her ass off because. They, they came to pick me up at the racquetball court and, you know, her family saw me dressed like that and they just started ribbing her and teasing her and, well, look what, look what dad thinks of you and all this stuff. But we went to the beach and, and, uh, of course, when we went down to the beach, I, I took all that shit off and, and, uh, wore my bathing suit. Then it became a different story. <laughs> And of course we played we played football on the beach. So and then the real kicker was when we all left and we went our separate ways, the next day I sent her mother a dozen roses. And and did you do that because you knew right away you because you knew right away that, that was the did you know that was the one? I knew that she was pretty darn cute, but she was eight years younger than I am. And of course I was a Marine, and of course Marines think anything in a skirt looks good but uh uh she was she was the one for me i just had to convince her was she even of age at the time <laughs> she was uh let me thank you for a second guys she was a student at santa barbara you see santa barbara oh wow she was so, like okay. 18 or 19 okay so barely legal and uh and that was that and you just started dating, and that's you called her on a landline a rotary phone yeah Pretty much, I'd go. I'd go up there once we we established that we were meant for each other. She, uh, I'd go up to see her at Santa Barbara one weekend, then she'd come down here a weekend. So every other weekend, we'd make that trek. And and where were you stationed? I was at Camp Pendleton. Shit, that place has been around forever. Oh God, 
but I was I was on my way overseas to Okinawa, and uh, she really we, we were talking about getting married, and I was going to stay in the Marine Corps for thirty years. Uh, then she started thinking about her dad. He was in the Navy for twenty five or twenty six years, and they moved all over the place. So she basically said, "I really I don't want to move like that. I like California. I want to stay in California." So I had a decision I had to make, and uh, her dad ended up getting me a job teaching at Fallbrook High School. So I decided to get out of the Marine Corps. And wow! And that's where you met Greg, basically. I met Not, Greg when I was teaching at Rancho Buena Vista High School. How close is that to Fallbrook High School? Close. It's in the same area. So I so, taught at Rancho Buena Vista High School or at the Fallbrook High School. Then I went back to Missouri for a year to be closer to my parents. And uh, my wife hated that. Did you hated take her with you? Huh? Did you take her with you? Oh, yeah. No, she okay. she went with me and we we bought a house in Perryville, Missouri. And but, uh, you know. She couldn't stand Perryville, and so after one year, she uh, she says, "Hey, let's let's move back to California." And we had bought a house in the Carlsbad, California. We didn't sell it; we kept it. That was and, an important uh, year for her, though. So she huh? knew what. That was an important year for her, though, so that she could appreciate. Yeah. What that you know what that wasn't, I guess. Well, I mean, Perryville is a great town. I loved it. It's an agricultural community, and. One one day a farmer calls me up and he says, Coach, my hogs got out of the pen. Can you bring your football team and help me round them up? So I canceled football practice one day to go help some farmer round up his hogs. Dude. That was the kind of community it was, German Catholic community, but And that's where he met Colton Mertens. Yeah. <laughs> well, and my my wife she taught PE in that school. And the boys gave her such a hard time because she should be home cooking, cooking supper for her husband. <laughs> uh, why didn't she like Missouri? She just didn't like the lifestyle. And it was, it was uh, I mean, this was in 79 and she really, you know, it was just a different environment back there. I mean, this was, this is German Catholic. The, the mother, the wife is in the home. And they she, Go ahead. Just the way it was, you know, it's just it was different, different time. People ask me all the time, why don't you leave California? And, and I, I, I almost feel bad telling them how good I have it here. I, I understand their sentiment. I completely understand their sure. sentiment. Um, but on the other hand, I'm a couple miles from the beach. I have a, a, a half acre. I have a hundred fruit trees. I got my little, just my, my little world here. Yeah. Um, but, but like I was reading earlier, like they they say, if you send your kids to school, that that's, that's consent to do medical intervention on my kid, which yeah, is I hope it's just, not always like that. But I, I mean, you know, why haven't you left? Well, I, I mean, I, I, I think I know why. I mean, I've been to your house. Yeah. Well, I've got a great, great place and I'm, you know, but I'm 75 and I got two of my grandkids are here and, ah. and uh, I'm not going any place. Where am I going to go? What I do you love do? it here. If I want to go someplace, I'll go travel to it. What do your grandkids call you? Pacha. Pacha. I'm Pacha. I like uh, it. And my wife is Nana. Who? Um, does Sage have two kids? Yes. And how old are they? Mikey is nine, and Charlie, who's my little girl, Charlotte Ray, Charlie is uh, five. Charlie and Charla? Those are their names? Charlotte Ray is their name. We call her Charlie. Okay. Um, and, and will Sage just drop them off? 
Yeah. Oh, you're a good man. You're a good dude, Mike. Don't you do that with your mom? I do, but man, so many, so many grandparents like don't. They don't. They they don't. I mean, I know it's a lot of work being around kids, but so many grandparents just don't do that. They just can't. They're they're not capable. And 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 to be honest with you, I wouldn't trust my kids with with most uh, people who. Well, how old are you, Mike? Seventy five. Freaking saint. <clears throat> yeah. She's, uh, she's unbelievable. She is. She's much better than I am. My my fuse is about that long, and uh, you know, they, I'm good for about two hours, and then I got to get a hell out of dodge. Do they but, fuck with you? Do they know like you're the oh, old guy to fuck with? No, they don't. No, they don't fuck with me. They don't fuck with Pacha. They're not like, okay, let's go in the garage and see if we can get them riled up. You know when you're young and well, you do that? Do, do you remember that. doing they, that when they, you're young, fucking with old people? You're like, okay, I'll get this dude. No. You didn't do that? I just tell them that I carry a big freaking stick. Mike, I got a kind of a, a question for you that, um, I, you know, obviously, I, well, I think only someone that is of your age or age range could really put in perspective. Someone sent me this thing the other day. And it rang, rang true for me because my grandfather worked for WGN for 40-plus years. And when he got to be in his 65, 66, they basically forced him out for some younger guys. And they you know, they said, we appreciate your service, but it's just that time for you to, to move on. We're going younger. And this thing that was sent to me was about basically politicians. And they were saying, why in every um, field are elderly people, once they get 65, 70, kind of pushed out, but in the political world, that 65, 75 years old seems to be a lot of people that are making these major decisions. I think it's kind of, I'm curious kind of what you think, because I still consider you to be an expert and world leader in your field. Obviously you're in that same age range. Well, can you give me some perspective on that? Well, first of all, there should be term limits in my opinion. You know, I think that would take care of a lot of the crap that we're dealing with right now. And we're about to get Mike canceled. Watch this. (laughs) And it just, it, you know, just it's just my opinion, but term limits would uh, alleviate a lot of the stuff that we're going through right now. But, you know, at 75, honestly, uh, I still work, not as much. Uh, but quite frankly, I wouldn't have any desire to work past 80 or 75. I mean, I retired at 62 and went to work for CrossFit. And I did a great job until, you know, and then all of a sudden that comes to a halt and we go to Bergner Strength. But Bergner Strength's run by my son. And he owns Bergner Strength. So it's not that, you know, I'm not a fan of politicians, right? I don't, that's just the way I, I roll. Uh, but I think for me, there's two terms for the president. Uh, I think that should all be through Congress as well. You know, I mean, everybody should have two terms and uh, then let's get some fresh meat in there. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously the 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 experience is valuable. And if you're only 35 years old, you can only have so much experience. But at some time, I feel like it turns a corner and there's probably something in the middle that's more appropriate for people in that. They're just people. They got to be scared. What are they going to do if they lose their job? Decisions that affect me. At right. 75, which is probably okay, but it also affects my daughter, who's 32, and my, my family, and it could affect them in a negative way. You and, know? Your, and your grandkids. Exactly. And uh, anyway, I, you know, yeah. don't even get me started on this shit. <clears throat> no, I get them started. Get them started. Well, no, I, I, you know, I just, I was sitting here thinking about it, and Seven said, well, I, you know, I might not drop off my kids with just any 70, 
year old person. Um, but nah, most old people are fucking incapable. Most young people, I wouldn't drop my kids off with anyone who couldn't pick them up and carry My mom can pick my kids up. If the house catches on fire at 77, she goes to CrossFit West with Annie Sakamoto five days a week. She was on the cover of their website just two days ago. Right. I, I might even have it here. Let's just, yep. I do. You know, now that I mentioned it, you know, cause my mom's so cool. I'm going to do this. I'm going to, your share, mom is cool. She's share, awesome share the screen i'm going to show you look at there's my mom uh doing uh crossfit right there at, this is just two days ago five sets five four three two one inclined bench press some dumbbell rows and this copenhagen plank slide where you, i i don't like her touching the other members though um but anyway uh yeah i don't trust say that again your, your mother is what we call a mamba m-a-m-b-a What's that? Mother's against making bingo arms. Ah, I like it. <laughs> Mamba. And so like Stefan, you're not even a geezer in training yet. You're next year. You'll be a geezer in training. So we have age groups, right? 50 to 59 is a geezer in training. If you're 60 to 64, you're a geezer. 65 to 69, you're a super geezer. 70 to 74, you're a super stud geezer. And 75 plus, you're a day-to-day geezer. Oh, that's my mom. My mom. Can you be a girl and be a day to day geezer? No, she's just a stud out. She's a, she's uh, a, she's a mamba. Back to being sexist, different stuff. But those are real, like those are real terms that you use at your gym, right? Absolutely. With your friends and stuff. Yeah. Cause Absolutely. there's been some stuff on YouTube. I remember you guys talking about that. Yeah. My gym is a two car garage. And, you know, since COVID we I've really cut back on the Olympic weightlifting, letting, letting people come in here, but the geezers come in three days a week and the mamas come in twice a week. And, uh, we have about 10, 10 to 12 geezers that come in on Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays. And the oldest geezer is 85 years old, actually 80, 86 years old in November. And Mike Vaniel, who just had a knee replacement. And, uh, he's our, he's our, I mean, he's our day-to-day geezer. That's a stud Marine, former Marine. Uh, Mike, you you kept your gym open for the geezers through through the last two years, right? And um, did, did you have a COVID outbreak there? No. Did anyone die from your gym? No. What the fuck? <laughs> you guys aren't training hard enough. Yeah, we train we train pretty hard, and and uh, I mean it's like our our workouts are just you know they're CrossFit workouts. I mean, but we got, if you saw some of the stuff the guys are doing, I mean, I don't sit up there on the board and draw, draw a workout for them, but everybody's got their own workouts and we might do a workout that says, okay, today we're going to do 500 repetitions. And, uh, what does that mean? Well, what can you do? Cause we got, we got different scale of geese or something. I got one guy that weighs 300 pounds and he's trying to, you know, he's coming down from like 350 and he's, He's been down, quit coming to the gym. He got all the way down to 270. Wow. Quit coming to the gym, and now he's gained it all back, but he's coming back now. So for him, we might have him do an hour on the Concept 2 bike and then count the calories that he burns as the reps. Uh, And then he can do ball slams using a 20-pound ball. We have him slam it on the ground for every rep that he does. That counts or every repetition counts as a rep. So he's got to do 500 reps. So he might burn 250 calories on the bike, but he's still got 250 calories 
that he's got to do. And so he might do push-ups. I could still do pull-ups. So I do pull-ups and push-ups and, and squats and shit like that. So today might be 500 days, but, you know, 500 uh, reps. But uh, Friday might be 1,000 reps. Um, do you make him park at the bottom of the driveway? That yes, guy, the 300-pound guy? Yeah. Yeah. Um, d- d- are there ever mornings where you're like, shit, I wish I wasn't doing this. I just want my space. Like, like I have all these people here. Like what's going on? No, never. Cause, cause you don't feel like you have to host them either. I don't, I don't charge them. But, but you also don't feel, um, you know, like sometimes you have people at your house. Maybe, maybe you're beyond this. Cause, cause I think at 49, I'm almost beyond this. You feel like I used to feel obligated when I would have people at my house, like to entertain them. Now I have no problem just sitting on my couch, putting my feet up and turning the TV on and holding my phone. And then when they walk in the door, I'm like, hi, help yourself to something to drink. And then I'd look, go back to what I'm doing. Yeah. My wife and I, when we're out of town, we keep the gym open. Okay. Everybody get in where you fit in. They got the code to, uh, the gate. Uh, you know, we lock the house up, but we have a bathroom that they have access to. Uh, no, I feel, you know, I feel better having people here when we're out of town than when not. There's, there's a question here. I don't, it, it looks like a fun one that I think a lot of people will like to hear you answer. It has nothing to do with what we're talking about. <clears throat> probably what most people who are tuned in want us to talk about. They probably hate it that we're talking <laughs> about family and politics. Um, uh, and, and I want to go back to politics. I want to see um, how you managed all the different thoughts in the gym during um, just this fucking social upheaval. But the question is from Tommy Rodriguez. Coach, uh, or it says, Brian, will you ask Coach, and, and I'll ask you, Brian won't. <laughs> Brian, can you ask Mike about what he said about Chandler during the Rogue last year? Is it better to leave him alone since he's so strong or help him with his form? God, I hope I don't get my ass in trouble here. But I uh, hope you do. I hope you do. We I, need the ratings. The <laughs> money I make from this puts my kids through jujitsu. Say something crazy. I, I wish I had Chandler with me all the time. Because Chandler would, would be if I if I could have him all the time, Chandler would be clean and jerking probably four twenty, somewhere in that neighborhood. He's just gifted, gifted, gifted. He is strong as hell. But his technique sucks so bad. It's 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 amazing to me that he can lift the way he does. He's just a he, look. He's a warrior. He's he was in the army. He's a freaking fire breather, and he's wrapped tight. He's one of the nicest young men I've ever seen, and one of the uh, nicest bodies I've ever seen. Yeah, well, he's got that. He's got that going for him. Uh, and in the real world, you got to understand what I'm. My world. What I'm when I talk about Chandler. I'm not talking about Chandler as a CrossFitter. I'm an Olympic weightlifting coach. I don't know my ass from about CrossFit. You know, I mean, it's, I could do the, I know what Cindy is and I know what, you know, all that shit is. And I, and I, and I'll work it. But for me, when I, when I do my courses and I do my, my thing, it's all about Olympic weightlifting. That's what I do. And so when I see Chandler, I want him. I want to take him and bring him here and I want to train him, but it's the juice isn't worth the squeeze for him. I mean, he's got the snatch, he's got the clean and jerk and he's going to do that. But those are two lifts. But but his form might also hurt his longevity, right? I mean, every time he lifts at least, you know, fucking peon baby like me, I just think, Oh shit, my shoulder would have just snapped off. Right. Well, that's genetics. He's got that. He's got that genetic distribution that, He's just, he's just unbelievable. I mean, it's, it's like 
Chandler, I would change if I had him for Olympic weightlifting. Rich Froning, I wouldn't. And what do you mean? Like that notorious early pull? You wouldn't mess yeah, with that? No, he, he actually doesn't early pull it. He actually brings it in with his arms and then he explodes. I mean, if I would have gotten Rich Froning when he was 15 or 16, it'd be a different point, but Rich is rich and, and he has so much explosion. He is so gifted as an athlete. I'd leave his ass alone. I, I, I really hate to do this. What I'm about to do next. How cool is rich? Rich is cool as hell. It's nuts, right? I love it. He is. I just got back from there. And uh, I mean, his family is so freaking amazing. It's unbelievable. Uh, yeah, I, I I have so much respect for him and Hillary and what they're building, the dream that they're building. And uh, the, I mean, he is so giving to everybody. He's just an amazing person. And his dad, too. And his mom. Old man Froning. Yeah, the whole. He's. I mean, he and I are, you know, we're geezers together. So, I mean, we're good. We're, we're good. I really like him too. Had that whole organization. Rory's down there now. I got to see Rory, uh, you know, tattoo media. I mean, they're, they're just, it's just, it's just a great. Oh, that's right. Um, the Gravats, the Gravats are Jordan, Jordan and Paula live there too. They don't live in Cookville. They live close to Knoxville. They live in, I think it's Marysville or something like that. Yeah, those are good people. I know them for a long time. Uh, man, Paula is a powerhouse. Yeah. What a what a overachiever. And she's running her own business now, right? She, I have she, no idea. I talk to them periodically, but they, they moved down there for, I believe, for their daughter. She was a big volleyball player. And so I think, I think she ended up getting a scholarship, if I recall right. I worked with Jordan. Of course, I love Jordan. We're both in the same field. We both made videos. But I, uh, for all the people uh, that I worked with always at CrossFit Inc., for those of you who don't know who Paula Gravatt is, I had crazy respect for her. I mean, she, she – man, I, I can't – I seriously thought at one point she could even be the CEO of the company. I mean, she can do anything. Yeah. I, her she, and Daniel. She's Hale underrated. Friends. They, yep. You know, they're, they're, that's just good people. That's just good people there. Um, now Sevon is never going to stop smiling. Another rich Froning fans. The thing is this, I can't explain to you guys. Like there's a ton of great athletes out there. There's a ton of champions out there. If this guy wasn't a champion, he would still be so cool. It's, it's really fucking hard to explain, um, what it's like to be around rich and talk to him. It's not well, the charisma that he, that he has. I mean, come has on, nothing man. To, he, he, he will talk to anybody. It doesn't, he's not going to lend himself to, I'm, well, I'm just going to talk to the, the podium. I mean, he talks to everybody. You go to his gym and first of all, he's swarmed. If he comes walking in there, people, people come to Cookville just to see what's phony. And if he, if he walks in there, he knows he's going to be in there for over an hour, just taking pictures. And he, he does it. Yeah, and it's not like he likes it. I, I don't mean to say he dislikes it, but he's not an attention hoard. The guy would stay at home yeah. and go between his living room, his gym, and shoveling some buffalo shit. The guy is like right. does not want to exactly be bothered. Right. But but yet he but yeah, it's nuts. And and his family, I mean his kids are shit. His kids are awesome too. 
Um, I'm going to tantalize you guys. We are going to talk about ghee, but before we talk about ghee, we're going to, I have Mike here, so I'm going to make him talk about what I want to talk about. Mike, when all this shit goes down and there's all these opinions, get vaccinated, not get vaccinated, put up your BLM sign, don't put up your BLM sign, just all this social upheaval, um, like, like, uh, people asking Mike Bergener for his pronoun, (laughs) Trying to be unbiased, but Jesus Christ, how I don't believe in respect or disrespect, but that's fucking disrespectful to ask someone like Mike his pronoun. But um, uh, how do you manage that in your gym with differing opinions and thoughts and beliefs? My my gym right now, of the twelve or thirteen people here, there are eleven of us that are more towards the conservative side. And there's two of us that, uh, two of them that are not, uh, they're more towards 10 o'clock on the left. They're not, there's no one in far right and far left. Uh, but what happens, we've got a couple guys in the gym that, uh, uh, that's all they want to talk about. And I, I just, I have a, I have a rule that, uh, you know what? If people are going to start getting upset talking about politics, you're not go talk outside or, or don't come here until you get that shit over with and then go talk about it. See, I for me, I believe in the Constitution of the United States. Um, I believe that uh, everybody, I believe in the American flag, uh, strong, very strongly. And I believe everybody bleeds red. It's that freaking simple. You know, and uh, I've held myself, it's the way I was raised, I held myself to that, to that standard all the time. And, uh, you know, so when, when people start violating that to either side too much, then, uh, you know, I, I, it's not going to happen in my gym. When people start getting upset about it and it starts affecting other people, then I don't want, I want, I don't want to deal with that shit. And my, Perfect example. My, I'm, I'm more conservative, and my wife's more liberal. So you know, that's just one of those things. We don't. We'll talk about certain things, uh, but then when it, when it comes to religion and politics, we pretty much stay out of that. When, when you say that you believe in the American flag, what does that mean? That just means that the United States of America is the most important country in the world to me. I think people, what we've gone through in World War II and World War One, and, you know, Vietnam, Korea, and, you know, Afghanistan. It, to me, I think the United States of America is the greatest country there is. And that's the flag that I really hold to my chest 1000%. I, I, I pulled up to my kids' um, uh, el- el- elementary school the other day. My, it's, a, it's a homeschool where the kid's supposed to go to school two days a week, but we don't send them there for those two days. We just keep keep them at home and you can look on my Instagram how hard I push my kids. They get plenty of education. Anyway, so I get there, and they got the American flag, and then underneath it, they have the gay pride flag. And I, so I'm wondering, why do they have the gay pride flag? And I, and, I, and I inquire about it, and it's about equity and equality. Well, I grew up in the Bay Area, and I went to all the gay pride parades and the erotic exotic ball, and I loved going to that shit. And I loved seeing, like, the gay dudes, like, walk, like with the big old titties and their dicks out and, like, walking each other around and tra- – uh, one guy would be walking another guy with a leash and it was crazy, just sex and drinking. And I loved that shit. I was like 16 to 25. I did that shit with my friends. I loved living next to the city, but the gay flag had nothing to do with equality. 
it had to do with the kind of genitalia you wanted pushed in your face, whether you wanted it to be your own or the opposite. And so when I see the and I and I and I it, it, you know I grew when I see this flag in my elementary school, I know it's a sex flag because that's what all those events are about. That's what gay means. It's about just just like that's what straight means. So I'm like thinking to myself, hey, I'm perfectly okay with there being an equality flag at my elementary school, but not a sex flag. The se- like put the sex flag on your own garage door. You like dick or you like vagina based on your, I'm all for that. Yeah. Party on man, really enjoy and embrace life. Love those people, but not at my kids elementary school. Why not have an equality flag flag, yeah. equality flag, equality flag. And someone says to me, Hey, dipshit. The American flag is the equality flag. I was like, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, Thank that's you. no shit. The American flag is the equality flag, right. <clears throat> but it, but 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 the gay flag is does not belong at my kids. I don't want my my kids saying to me, "What what is that flag?" I don't talk to him about being straight. Why would I talk to him about being gay? Yeah, that, uh, his penis will discover all that out for him. No, I had I had a, uh, you know, of course everything's everything's different now. But back in the day, my uh, my uncle was gay, and I loved that man. I didn't give a shit if he was gay. Now my dad hated it you know sure. I mean, my dad was born in 1915 he thought that was the weirdest thing in the world but i didn't give a shit one way or the other and he took he took my wife and i up when we got married took us up to san francisco and we went to a couple gay nightclubs and and guys were performing and and uh girls and i didn't give a shit i, th- I thought it was i thought it was great entertainment and i don't give a shit yeah you know, and i, I also understand why american it offends flag. i love what you said about that american flag that is the equality flag and and I and I understand there needs to be a movement, and I understand why it freaks people out, and I understand why it makes people feel uncomfortable. Change is hard. I get it, and I and probably being gay isn't pro- probably the easiest path to choose either. And I'm and I have tons of compassion for that, but not at the cost of kids. No, just like I don't have a just like I don't just like I don't. I'm not my kid isn't going to get an injection to save Mike Bergner's life because he's 75, or save my mom's life who's 77. Sorry, just not doing it. Right. Fuck yeah. those old. And that's people. your choice. Yeah. It, it, yes. You know, you have that choice, and that's why we, you know, Mike Bergner does fifty pull ups a day. He he's he's handling his business. Yeah. Do you really do that? Yeah. I did fifty yesterday. I I rode the assault bike for ten minutes yesterday, and then I did fifty pull ups. And and, do you do onesies? No, I do uh, usually fives. I got to. I did first fifteen unbroken, and then I did onesies. And I and I use split grip yesterday. I normally don't use split grip. Do you ever use that? No. What do you do? Just pull I just up or do chin up? overhand grip. All of them, every time. Every time. On my seventieth birthday, <clears throat> I did three hundred and fifty-five pull-ups in one hour. Damn, I'm gonna try that. <laughs> I do this thing with my son, Mike, where we go in there and we just take turns. We go, we do a maybe like once a week, we do a hundred pull-ups, but we just do onesies. We take turns. Yeah, that's one, great. One, one, yeah, yeah. That, uh, gee. What is is that even Olympic lifting? What Guy is doing? How come I did you did you see that guy at the games? Who uh, Chandler? No, Guy Guillermo Mayeros, no. the Brazilian kid. Oh yeah, no, I I did not. I wish I had it. You haven't seen that video of him? I well, I've seen I've seen him lift. Yeah. It, how come I don't recognize that as Olympic lifting? What what the hell is going on? Like like doesn't it's nuts? Well, the things I've seen, he looks pretty good. Yeah, that's what I mean. Beyond good. Well, because okay, 
I, it's so fast. The angles, the his hand placement, like what? I, I don't. It, it it looks like a stick figure drawing. It doesn't look like a human should be able to do that. Well, he and he's he's tall too, and he's like six three or so. No, he looks tall. He's actually. I don't think Brian. Do you know how tall he is? He's five nine or ten, probably. No way. Yeah, he just looks tall as shit. I know. I was shocked too. Yeah, I thought he was tall. No, I've watched him lift. I haven't seen him snatch. I've just I've just seen the clean and jerk, but. Hell, I'd adopt him right now. Um, I'm, I'm going to see if I can. Are you on your phone or your computer? I'm on my phone. Oh, so you probably wouldn't be able to see it if I pulled it up anyway. Well, I saw your picture of your mom. Oh, let me see if I can pull up the. Um, let me see if I can pull up this video. Geese. Nah. Mike, he wasn't out in uh, Cookville still while you were there, was he? I didn't see him. Yeah, I think he's I think he might have gone back to South America for a little while. See, I went. Uh, I went in on a Friday, and I usually go over there Friday evening, and then uh, Saturday, Sunday, and then I left on Monday. Okay, let me see if I can share this on the screen here. I but this guy's it. a beast. This his technique is a lot better than uh, Chandler's. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch! Oh no! Hey, I, I love Chandler, but I want to give his ass a hard time too. But you know, but Mike, you'll you'll. Have- of course know this like the positions that he gets into not everyone can get in those positions that's great look at that there's a starting position right there i would i mean i'm not going to critique the guy but that starting position i was thinking that he was like six three because of that starting position oh man that's perfect look at this holy shit that's exactly the way that <laughs> it's you know, nuts. It's I would nuts. evaluate that and hell that's given that's just amazing. Look at this. Look at that explosion. Look at the vertical hips. Look at the pull under. Shit, that fires me up, Stefan. Jesus Christ, man. That's awesome. <laughs> it fires me up that you called that you said tried to say my name. <laughs> Look at that. This guy's an animal. I really like him. But the, the technique that he's got there, that <clears throat> that whole double knee bend that he's got, that that explosiveness, right? The, keep going. There. Look at that. Look at his hips. His hips are vertical. There is no banging the bar off his hips. That bar is a gnat's ass away from his chest. It's in the area of the base. It's absolutely amazing. He's pulling him, elbows higher than the wrist, wrist higher than the bar. Now watch what he does here. He punches the living shit out of it. Look at that. Jesus. It's amazing. I really like this guy. I and guess. I've only seen two of his lifts. That's, I mean, I saw the one at the games on, on film like this. And then uh, I saw one that he did at the, uh, in Austin. I guess um, he had an Olympic lifting coach at his gym who was like some Brazilian Olympian guy who got a hold of him. Well, I'll tell you what, you can see it. Yeah, I mean, that's that technique. You know, I, I used to grade my mm-hmm. kids on a 10 point grading system based on what I see that slow motion. I'd give that a 10. Wow. How often do you give out 10s? Very, not very often. <laughs> Rich would get about a four. But <laughs> <laughs> you leave him alone. <laughs> oh, shit. Yes, I'd leave his ass alone. You know what you say about Rich Crony, you know, when he snatches like that, everybody's saying, well, what are you going to say to that guy? I'm going to say good job, Rich. Yeah. I think leave those guys alone. 
I think one of my, my favorite Rich Froning snatches was at the Invitational. The la- I think it was the last year he did it, and one of the guys had to do the clean and jerk, one had to do the snatch, and he was like, it just looked like he was like, there's no way I'm not doing at least 300 pounds here, and he just did it. <laughs> He's, he is such a stud, man. I mean, I'm he, not only is he a stud, he's a good person. That's what I like. Why did you go out there? I do my uh, Bergner Strength uh, courses. <clears throat> but I thought your kids are doing that. Well, they are. But I, what happened? Bo owns the business, Bergner Strength. But, you know, it's my curriculum. So he pays me a stipend. He pays me 10% of the profits to use my, uh, to use my curriculum. So, uh, but the courses that I do, I do them at Mayhem and I do it in Invictus. So in, in those courses, I get 80% and Bo and his wife get uh, 10% each. But I so have to in, pay all my, my expenses on those. So Cookville is in uh, Cookville is in Tennessee in the United States and Invictus is in San Diego, California in the United States. That's correct. And and uh, you you why do you still do them? Well, Cookville, I just I just did two at Cookville and uh, – or I mean, this last weekend in Cookville, and I had fifty-five people there. And, and but why do you do them? Why don't you just chill, stay home? Because I don't want to ask my wife for money. Gotcha, gotcha. So the my wife and I have a real unique way of doing things. You know, it's any any money that I make on my own, I get to keep. Otherwise, she she's got everything. <laughs> um. Mike, um, one of the greatest gifts I think kids can give their parents is to be healthy. Uh, sorry, one of the greatest gifts parents can give their kids is to be healthy and then also be financially um, uh, stable. Like, I'm so happy my par- my mom's 77, my dad's 80, and I'm so they're financially stable and they're healthy. And I just think oh, that takes so much stress off of me. Absolutely. It's like, it's nuts. What do, do you have any thoughts on that? Yes. I, you know, my wife and I were, and it's all because of her, uh, you know, she, when we first got married, we ended up buying a house and started investing, you know, my school teacher's salary was, and hers salary was not that much, but every time we got a raise, we put half of the raise into an investment and, uh, you know, then God said, you know, better than me, but I was blessed with, with CrossFit. Oh my God. I mean, I probably would still, I would have retired in 1970 or when I was 73 years old because that, my goal was retirement. I wanted to pay off my house. So because of CrossFit, I was able to pay off my house early. My wife was able to, uh, you know, retire early and uh, we made good investments and my kids never have to, they'll never have to take care of me. And just so you know, when people say when he says he retired, that means he started working the hardest he's ever worked in his life, but he loved his job. <laughs> right. I mean, right. I mean, but I never love worked. It. It, yeah, it, 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 it's unbelievable. I'm not I mean, working. He exploded onto the scene and um, in, in 15 years ago and hasn't stopped. Right. Is, is he still going to cook? When you go to Cookville, how do you get there? Do you fly? Oh, yeah. And, and what do you fly? What air, What airline? Southwest. They have a nonstop to Nashville. You, you don't you don't you don't spoil yourself and fly first class. No, I do. If I'm going overseas, if I'm going to Portugal, I, I fly business class or if I go to Europe, I'm flying business class. It's not hard to go back to coach. No. Well, I, I try to I try to get sign on early and I try to go to row 14. 
Row 14's got longer seats or longer leg room. Wow, you do travel a lot. Holy shit. Um, Mike, this is none of my business. How much did you make when you um as a when you first started working at Fallbrook High in 1970? 1976 was my first year. 1975 was my first year at Fallbrook, and I made twenty one thousand bucks for the year. For the year, baller and wow, twenty one thousand dollars a year. And I took a job in Perryville, Missouri, as a head football coach. And I made sixteen thousand. So, oh, so the year you were in, in, and that was all the money you got that year. No, because my wife got a job too. That's one reason why we. That's <clears throat> one reason why we moved because they hired both me and her. So we went from twenty one thousand dollars to thirty one thousand dollars. Do you do you still have your house there? Do you still have your house there? No, you sold it. Um, are you do you do you think about what you're going to leave your kids? No, I'm going to spend everything. You are? Yeah. Did you ever think you wanted to leave every, something for your kids? My wife, we are very giving to our kids, but they've never asked us for anything. We do it because we want to. Of course. So my, uh, my, my, my kids have never asked us for a dime. Ever. So... And that's we we kind of we're very proud of that. We're proud of them because they're making it on their own. And I've asked my mom for a lot of shit. I can't yeah. say that. I've well, asked we just you know it's not that we wouldn't give it to them if they asked, but they it never asked. Right. Um, uh, if you're listening, um, Bergner kids, um, ask for some shit uh, because this guy's going to spend <laughs> it all. Ask they're not going to get it. <laughs> ask for some now, like tomorrow. <laughs> Um, I want to leave some shit for my kids. I want to leave a house for uh, for each of my kids. Well, they'll get that, right? right. I mean, we've got two houses. I mean, we bought a house. Uh, we have our home, but we bought a house uh, about five miles from us, and Sage rents it from us. Oh, that's awesome. She doesn't live there free. I mean, we put a nice down payment on it. Our payment is about two grand a month on it, and that'll be that's in our that's in our trust. And, uh, I mean, shit, it's hell. It's already gone up about, I mean, I've already made about two, you know, $200,000 on that damn house. I know real estate in California, right? It's crazy. Oh, do, your ki- do your kids get along? Oh yeah. All four of them. Yeah. They're really, they're really close. Congratulations. I, I, I also, I didn't, um, I, my kids are still young, five, uh, four and seven, um, but w- th- when I see the three of them getting along, it is probably the highlight of my day every day. I can't really fucking explain it. <clears throat> and like, so this morning they got up and I just see them immediately go into the, into the playroom and just start playing together. Yeah. And I, it's, uh, there's something magical about your kids getting along, huh? Yeah. It, I mean, seriously, if you see them, I mean, they, you know, they've had their pissing contests and shit like that, but for the most part, uh, it, it it's so gratifying as a, a dad that uh, the kids all love each other and uh, you know they got their own lives and their own journeys that they're following and uh, and they all accept each other. How often do how often like these days do they all end up in the same physical location? It's really hard, especially with Bo now because he's in Portugal. Even though he comes, he'll he'll be here next weekend and we'll have he won't he'll be in D.C. next weekend. Uh, for a level two course 
and Sage is going out there. Cody is there and Bo are there. So three out of the four will be there. Uh, so they, they try to get together a lot, but to have four, all four of them together is really hard. The last time we did that was in uh, Thanksgiving last year. No, that's good. And that was in uh, New Orleans. That's where Casey was living. And he, he was stationed in Mandeville, uh, Louisiana. And so we all got together at Thanksgiving uh there so that was cool um there's a comment here it says so wait he got his master's in strength and conditioning at kentucky and then moved and got a job as a school teacher meaning like yeah. i think this person's suggesting you were overqualified no doubt but i didn't care that's uh you know i mean i'd probably still be in the marine corps if i hadn't become a school teacher and a coach and i probably would have never found crossfit had i not been a school teacher and a coach can you tell us that story about your how you and Greg met? Sure. So um, I was at Rancho Buena Vista High School, and I was the junior national uh, or junior world team coach for the women's team in weightlifting. And so we had a weightlifting team called Team Southern California. <clears throat> and so in order to make money to help these kids travel, I would do courses for USA Weightlifting to raise money. So. USA Weightlifting's level one coaching course or their club level coaching course is something that I would do. And I would do it maybe five, six, seven times a year. And every time that I would do a course, my weightlifting team would make anywhere from $500 to $2,500 for, for doing a course. So as Greg got going, I didn't even know who Greg was. As Greg got going, he called USA Weightlifting and said he wanted to do a club coaches course for his athletes and his coaches. You know, and that was Annie Sakamoto and, you know, all that group. Uh, and they said, well, contact Mike Bergner down at Rancho because he's in California. So, Oh, really? That's the way. And what year was this? Oh, shit. This was like 2005, I think. So, so imagine this, if that, per I'd never heard that detail of the story. I, so if that person who answered the phone at USA weightlifting or, cause I guess this is before emails, if they would have said contact Joe Schmo at this other place, it would have been Joe Schmo. Well, they did it because, uh, I was in California. That was, you know, and they thought, okay, well you're in California. Bergner's doing all the courses. And I was the only guy in California. Because you're not I'm even close to Greg it. at that point. I mean, that, that's 400 miles, 300 miles from Santa Cruz. Right. Well, and shit. And so Greg came down and he brought all these athletes with him, the, you know, all these guys. Can you tell me about the call before you go there? Does he, does he, he calls, he personally calls you? Yeah. Can you, and, and, and you, did you answered the phone or your wife? Do you remember any of the details of that? He just called and said he wanted to do a course. And I said, okay, when do you want to do it? And he gave me a date and I said, okay, how many athletes are you bringing? Cause I wouldn't do a course unless it had 10 athletes. Okay. And so he brought down, I think he brought down like 20 or so. And, and, uh, you know, they walked into the gym with all their dogs and Lauren and, uh, uh <laughs> Blake and his entourage. Yes. And, uh, Tony buddy, was Tony buddy in there? Yes. Uh, Nicole Carroll. Yes. Was Dave on the scene yet? No. Okay. Greg Amundsen. Yes. 
That's uh, a great and, story in itself because Greg Almason and, and and Josh Everett went head to head at your event. Yeah, that's awesome. It, it, I mean, there's so many great stories that was Josh doing the split snatch for you? Yes, <laughs> Josh was the guy that could only only squat snatch 95 kilos, and uh, I said, okay, well this is bullshit. You're not going to embarrass me by snatching 95 kilos. So we switched him over to the split. And he snatched 120 kilos almost immediately. Wow! Wait, that was it was your idea for him to split snatch? Oh yeah. Oh my god, that's that's crazy. I just thought he was like he just figured that out on his own. No. Damn. No, he was. In fact, Josh was. I mean, he's a great athlete, but he played football in Ohio, and uh, uh, he was a strength coach. I, I think when I met him, he was might have been an intern at UCLA, I believe. Him and Stefan Roche both. And uh, then he came down and started started lifting at Mike's gym. He would come down on Saturdays like there we we used to have my gym on Saturdays were like unbelievable. I and mean, we had like 20, 30 people in that gym on Saturdays alone. The same gym so, you're in now, Mike's gym at that huh? house at that same house you're at now. Yeah. Um, what year was that? That was same as 2005, 2006. Because, okay, so, I mean, Greg came down, he brought all those guys, and then he started telling me about the black box theory and, you know, and, uh, started telling me about this thing that he he was going to do with the military and the first responders and the firefighters and shit like that. And I thought that was great. And uh, so after the course was over with, he, uh, you know, went back to Santa Cruz and I think Two weeks later, he called me up and he said that there was a guy out at uh, Golden, Colorado, that uh, wanted him to come out and do a do a seminar on CrossFit, and he wanted he really liked what I did, so uh, he said, "Would you mind coming out and doing a three a three hour presentation with these guys?" And the seminar and, and the people in, uh, that this guy was bringing in. Was were Navy SEALs, Marine Force Recon, police officers, firefighters, the whole the whole gamut. So I said, yeah, sure. He says, well, I'll pay your way out there, but I can't pay you. And I said, that's all right. I don't I don't really care. So he paid my way out, and uh, my kids and I had a couple athletes at the Olympic Training Center in Colorado Springs. They came down and helped out, uh, and so. I, I'll never forget this, but so I walk in this place and Greg's there and this guy has 50 uh, first responders and he charged every athlete that attended that course $500. And so that guy made $25,000, but he paid Greg eight. And I can remember of course, this is just me talking, but I can remember looking at Greg's face and it was like, fuck him. This will never happen again. <clears throat> and so we went home and about a week or two later, he called me up and he said, we're going to start doing our own seminars in Santa Cruz once a month. We're going to have 60 that are going to be allowed in and we're going to charge them a thousand bucks. And he says, we want you to be part of it. We want you to teach what you taught in golden and i said sounds great to me he says what are you going to charge me 
I said, hell, coach, I make $200 doing this shit. I don't pay me what you want. So I, every month I'd ride my motorcycle up to Santa Cruz. And, uh, first time I went up there, uh, you know, I, I did my three hour gig. He, uh, gave me an envelope and, uh, I put it in the back of my pocket and continued coaching. Hell, I'd forgotten about the damn envelope. And later that night I went to, you know, went to, uh, my motel room that he paid for and opened up the envelope and there were 15, $100 bills in it. About had a heart attack for God's sake. You know, you used to do a weekend course for 200 bucks and he paid you 1500 for three hours. He paid me 1500 bucks. He was, he was the most generous man that I'd ever been around him and Lauren both. I mean, they were, they were incredible. And, um, uh, if, I mean, he took care of me and I, I did him, did him once, a, once a month and he, he took care of me. And then a year later he says, I'm going to start, uh, we're going to go a different direction. We're, we're going to go two day seminars and, uh, we're going to drop, we're going to drop the third day. So we want you to do your own courses. So he allowed me to set up a business and, uh, schedule my own courses he collected all the money and, and, uh, uh, but I got, they paid me 70% and, uh, uh, they took 30% and that's the way it started. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so, uh, interesting. I, it's probably not talked about very much or even enough. It is truly incredible how many people probably have a very similar story to yours of how it's, it's unreal of how generous he is. It, it um, and, and then also on the other hand, I'd like to say that notice how Mike went out there to Colorado, even though he, Greg told him he wasn't going to pay him that so many people also have that story with Greg, where when you started, it, it really was the wild west. It was get in where you fit in. Um, Everything was so informal yet so fucking real and so many present people really wanting the best. Tell me about that crew, if you could, that walks into your – what high, was that at Rancho Buena Vista High School where these 20 people and the dogs and Greg and the posse rolled in? <laughs> it was. And um, what did you think about this? Had you ever seen a group of older people – by older, I mean in their 20s and 30s who were that fit before? Like well, what my, was your first impression? was Olympic-style weightlifting, so – you know, I mean, I thought anybody that did 30 snatches and 30 clean jerks were crazy. Okay. You know, that was just stupid in my opinion. But, I right. mean, he was doing the course and, and uh, you know, and then he started he started talking to me about the black box, you know. And, and, uh, and what was the black box? What, black what do you mean box was a hopper that he put uh, in his early days. He would talk about putting, uh, uh, you know, 100 exercises in the hopper. And he said that, you know, his whole point was, you know, you're not, you, you're not, you're specializing to not be special. And he'd say, yeah, the, 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 the triathlete could do, you know, he, he wants the bike, the run, the swim, but the true crossfitter, the true guy that he's getting ready for combat and the military and firefighting, that guy is going to do 10 exercises and the, and the, the triathlete's going to win three, but the, the true guy's going to win seven. So it's about total fitness for him. Uh, 
on a side note, Dina McCarthy says, uh, Coach, uh, you're not supposed to let everyone know about row 14. It's, he's fucking – there's no controlling this guy. He's fucking out of control. Mike's out of control. And 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 then and then so so jo- back in the day I, I think things have changed. Josh Everett wasn't a very talkative man at all, and that's an understatement. He 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 did not talk, um, and yet you met him there, and somehow you exchanged phone numbers with them, and 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 uh, and started up what's turned into quite the charming long term relationship, right? Yeah. No, Josh and I've been him and his family. It's like Josh. Josh came down way before CrossFit even started. He oh, he did. Yeah, he wasn't. No, Josh was a member of my weightlifting team. Oh shit! Okay, sorry, I didn't know that. I missed yeah. that part. Yeah. Now he was—he had been with me for two or three years, and you know he was uh, him and Stefan both. But then they both came down to help me coach that that time that Greg came. So we had my—I mean, my whole family was there. I mean, you know, Kate, now Casey probably wasn't there, but Bo and Sage and uh, Josh Ebert, uh, Amy Anaya, and Greg. Uh, Amy and I then Greg Everett uh, and Amy Everett now uh, they were all there helping coach that uh, that first course with Greg. Oh, you know, I've never met Greg Everett. You know that? that isn't that weird? Yeah, he's a hell of a coach. I know. I need I should get him on the show. Yeah, I you if should. He he's come amazing. on the show. I've heard so much good things about him. Um, uh, Mike, is how old did you say you are? Seventy five. Yeah. Is it? Tell me um, uh, about J- Josh Everett. I, I don't mean to put you on the spot. And Josh Everett, to fuck off. Uh, but you've seen him go. Literally, he was a fucking seedling, and now he's a fucking forest of a man. I mean, yeah. he the, the transformation he's gone through is nuts, right? Well, I mean, I'll tell or the you growth. What, I should say it's growth. It's not even transformation. It's just growth. The 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 thing about him as a man raising his family is just like you. What you do with your kids and the way you raise your kids is just like Mary and Josh. Yeah. They are an amazing, amazing uh, parents. Just absolutely amazing. Yeah. And Josh wouldn't say shit if he had a mouthful. I mean, he really wouldn't. But he's become more outgoing, more talkative. The The glue that holds that marriage together so strongly is is Mary. She's she's incredible. Yeah. Oh, I when I made every second counts is when I got to spend a lot of time with him, and he was um, extremely, extremely introverted. And then, um, and then we were we were filming a scene at the track, and he started crying. He was talking about the the passing of his father, and he started crying. And that in itself was like crazy, right? That that he showed that on film. And then afterwards, he texts me and he goes. And this was even more amazing. He texted me and said, oh, I bet you you guys are so happy that you got that scene of me crying. And it showed like this self-awareness and this joking and the side of him that I hadn't seen in all the filming. And now when I see him, it's just like – I don't want to say he's changed. He's just really – um, uh, he, I, I, I just think it's just remarkable how, how much he gives, to, I guess, to his kids but also to the world now from being such a – from an introvert to now I would never – I don't even think of him as an introvert. And I love seeing him on social media, and I love the fact that he's sharing himself with the world. He's, he is – you know, he's a, he's a strength coach for the SEAL teams. I didn't uh, know that. Yeah. And and he is um, – oh God. I, I mean, he lost his dad when his dad was 52. And uh, um, I like to think that I became his second dad. 
Uh, you know, it was like the love that I have for that kid. I mean, and the, and to watch him grow. I mean, here's a guy that he's, I don't even know what he is, 50 maybe. I don't know what he is, but his house is bought and paid for. Yeah, he's They're smart, very, dude. Him and Mary both are very, you know, frugal. They're very fis- fiscal responsible. Uh, they've got I'm just watching those kids, the way the things that they do. Yeah, those uh, are some. He's he's worked hard to make those. Are some powerful children? Powerful. Yes, yes. Uh, James Hobart has chimed in. Um, <laughs> Uh, are you familiar who James Hobart is? He's that pretty guy who hangs out with Rich Froning back in the day. <laughs> oh, I got some great stories about James Hobart. He says, Brian, get some tips for the hitch pool in your snatch. What's a hitch pool? Brian, you got to be shitting me. You do a hitch. Well, you know, James, um, I lo- we'd love to hear the stories about James, first of all. But <laughs> <laughs> at the games, James... Um, very generously offered to coach me on Olympic lifting a little bit. And he wrote me a program and I did it. But not once did he ever mention to me anything about the hitch pull. Instead, he waited until there was a public platform to embarrass me in front of the best Olympic lifting coach in the United States. Thanks, James. So you didn't even know that until just now, Brian? You know, he's never asked me. He's never told me about it. Oh, what is uh, a hitch pull? Oh, God, it's the ugliest damn pull. It's, first of all, it's illegal. <laughs> You can't do a hitch pull. If, if the the bar, I mean, <laughs> never mind. I I'm not going to embarrass you. No, it, no, I want to hear it. Educate him. Pretend like Brian's not here. Let's just like me you pull. I mean, thing. it's like you bring the bar up and then you stop. The bar's not supposed to stop. You know, the, it's not supposed to go lower. <laughs> it's like a so it's more like a hang snatch. Yeah, it's like pulling it, it off got, the ground it, and then stopping to a hang snatch. Pretty much. Okay. That that's I mean it, that it, would it, probably it, explain why I can hang snatch as much as I snatch. Well, that's bullshit, Brian. That should never happen. <laughs> I'd never let you hang snatch again, and I'd never let you power snatch again. Okay. And, and you've been consistent with that. I've heard you give that advice to a ton of people. Hey, I do. D- I mean, you can never do a power clean again. I want to only squat. Cleans. No, the, what's the difference between a snatch and a and a power snatch and a snatch? A snatch, I mean, a, a, uh, a snatch is nothing more than a missed power snatch. Say, say that again. Say that again. I got to get my head wrapped around that. A snatch is nothing more than a missed power snatch. Okay. So the, the pull, everything's exactly the same. The pull's exactly the same. The difference is the, the weight on the bars is uh, is lighter, so I can receive it at a higher level. The pull is the same. The receiving position is the same. I generate my force against the ground, the same. But then when my feet start sliding out and they come off the ground, my generation of force now changes from the ground to the bar. I can't pull a barbell up if I'm my feet are off the ground. So the, con- the, the concept is I explode, I drive the bar, create an acceleration and elevation on the barbell. But when I pull myself under the bar, my feet are sliding out to receive it in that squatting position. Well, the energy source becomes the the barbell then. And so then that's what speeds me up underneath the bar. Oh, it's fixed. The changing of energy sources. And so when people start pulling the barbell up, 
we have a saying, we say that when the arms bend, the power ends. Uh. And that's why I don't say anything to Rich, because his arms bend to pull the bar in. They're not bent to pull the bar up. He uh. still has got one incredible, incredible leg drive. In fact, if you took pull out of the vocabulary, it would probably be smart. You just call it the leg drive because you're trying to create absolute as much velocity on the barbell with your legs, with your feet against the ground as you can. It, it, uh, uh, on a similar note, I was 20 some odd years old and I had never had a pull up in my life. And I was in my backyard at, at, at college and my buddy was a, a Create my roommate was a crazy juice head bodybuilder, just strong, beautiful dude, all jacked on roids. And uh, we were in the backyard one day, high as fuck. And he's like, Hey, do a pull up over there. And I'm like, I can't. And he goes, Go hang from there. And he grabbed his hands under my lats. He goes, Hey, dipshit, stop pulling and contract this muscle. And he grabbed my lats and I did a pull up. And I'm like, yeah. Holy shit. Right. And I thought I was so confused my whole life. I thought I was supposed to pull myself up because it's called a pull up. He's like, yeah. No. And then from there, I became obsessed with pull-ups. Yeah. Well, it's the but best it's just, exercise you can do for your upper body. Is it? Yep. I believe that. That's why I do them. That's, if I could only do one exercise for the upper body, it'd be pull-ups. And if I could only do one exercise for the lower body, it'd be walking lunges. Uh, do you do walking lunges? Hell yes. What, why walking? Why not stationary? Well, because I, I want to I create everyday life. I want to get, I walk, I'm, I'm going to walk, I'm going to walk forever. So I'm going to walk and walking lunges. I know, but are they better than stationary lunges? I think they are for me. They are for me. I stationary lunges. I mean, I want to travel. I mean, I'll go down to beach and walk and I'll do walking lunges for, you know, 10 reps each leg. While where do you walking. put your hand? Where do you put your hands? And you On do my hips lunges? or down by my side. Um, I, I'm trying the, I, I saw Josh Everett back in 2008 doing lunges. I'm trying to remember where he put his hands, but it was, Oh, he puts them behind his head like this. Yeah. There's, I mean, you can do that. The, the problem with, there's not a problem, but when you do walk in lunges, you got to remember that you got to create a base. You don't want to walk the tightrope. You got to create a base. So when I teach walking lunges and in my humble opinion, Almost all athletes, football players, basketball players, volleyball players, water polo athletes, it doesn't matter. The, one of the first exercises, the best exercise they can do for their legs and their lower body is the walking lunge. But you, when you do the walking lunge, you got to step. If I'm stepping with my right leg, I want to step to 1 o'clock, 1,300. And if I step with my left leg, I'm going to step to 1,100. So the, I want to create a base. Most people have trouble with lunges because they they walk the tightrope and they have no balance. Oh, I like that. I, I, I like what so you just said. When you're thousands those, of lunges will be done in the next week because of what you're saying right now. I well, swear here's to God. The other thing. Tens of thousands. People, a lot of people have trouble with lunges. So what I do, they they, I have them hold two PVC pipes. So I have them step out and they create that base with the two PVC pipes. Okay. Now they can assist themselves to get up if they have to. Because what I'm really after is I really want that that knee can be over the toe a little bit, but I'm looking for the back leg being bent, the torso being straight up and down and being balanced when I step. And then I step, I drive forward when I step with the other leg. 
And the best exercise that I can do is I can have a barbell and do that exercise. And every time I step, I press the barbell overhead. From the bottom position? Yes. No, you, as, you, as you step, the barbell's on your back. As you step, press. you step and press. And then when you recover, you, as you're recovering, you bring the barbell on your back. And then you step and press with the other leg. So Wait, where can split, I see video of that? Is there video of that? If I have a split lifter, if I have a split lifter, that split lifter, that becomes his overhead squat in the beginning, which is part of the burden of warm-up. I got a question for you, Mike. People ask me this all the time about the split jerk. Is it um, practical to practice with both legs forward? No. Only if you're an athlete. If you want to do it, like it's, it's, it's like the split clean or – you know, if I'm doing walking lunges, I'm working both legs. I want to do both legs. But if I'm <clears throat> dialed into the Olympic list and I'm a right-legged jerker, if I'm a right-legged splitter in the snatch or the clean, I only use that dominant leg. And then I use walking lunges to, you know, as part of my training program. Do you still get sore? I can if I haven't done my walking lunges long enough. Now, if I went out because I had my knee replaced six months ago, if I went out right now and did a heavy set of walking lunges, my hamstrings and glutes would be extremely on fire. Yeah, my but ass is broken every later, time I do weeks lunges. Later, I'd be fine. Um, where do you put the weight when you do weighted walking lunges? I put it on my back with a barbell, or if my shoulders are bad and I can't do that, then I just hold hold dumbbells. So you'll put a forty-five pound bar on your back and do walking lunges? Yeah. And and do you push it up also? Yeah. Damn. Um, I'm now doing lunges as I'm working. Of course, I know. I know. I want to. I'm going to do lunges today too. Isn't that funny? We're all so right. I got a great exercise for you while you're doing lunges. Okay, tell me. All right. So you got two dumbbells in your hand, and I'm walking. First step, I step out with the right leg. So as I'm stepping out with the right leg, I curl the left dumbbell. Okay. Then I step, bringing it back, and then the next step, I step with the left leg, but I curl the right dumbbell. I like it. So I'm opposite. On the way back, I step and curl both dumbbells. Okay? So that's that's over and back. The next set over, I use two dumbbells, and I press the weight overhead while I'm in the lunge. So I clean it, get in the lunge, I step, and, or I, I'm in the lunge, and I press the dumbbells overhead. And I can use both arms, or I can just use one arm. So if I step with my right and curl with my left, I'm here. So then when I do the press, I'll do the press with the right. So I'm going to curl, press, and then I'm going to curl, press while I'm in that down position. Or if I'm Logan Aldridge, I just use the same arm every time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you ever worked with him? No. He, I just saw a video of him the other day do a 502-pound deadlift the dude crazy. has one arm i know he's crazy it's amazing and he doesn't even look juiced up or nothing i mean he's got a beautiful body don't get me wrong but he just looks like a just a just he's juiced know, like, up like a movie here. actor yeah yeah um um you, you were talking about pull-ups being one of the best exercises you know you know what exercise i, I well what i did with my kids and I'm so adamant about this is I hung ring rings have always hung in our house. And since they were the first time Avi stood up, he crawled underneath some rings. 
He grabbed them. He's probably eight or nine or 10 months old. And he pulled himself up and he not pulled himself up, but just hung from the rings. And my kids every day hang from rings and their hands and their cores are so strong and they have so much awareness in their hands and in their core because the second your feet come off the ground, you know, your legs kind of pop in front of you and you get that, that core stimulus. And I didn't know this at the time, but the byproduct of having such strong hands that you're confident in gives a kid so much confidence. Once my kids grab something, a fence, another kid, anything it's, it's, it's game on strong hands. Yeah. It's nuts. Yeah. I mean that grip strength is critical. And I'll tell you what, if you grab somebody, that's why I like jujitsu so much and wrestling. I mean, wrestling jujitsu. I mean, those hands, you get that guy on the ground, you got strong hands. He's toast. Yeah. It's it's amazing. It's so neglected, and yet and yet you don't even have to think about building them when you hang rings in your house as a kid, because the kid will just be. It, it's like it's like what's there's that story of the guy who picked up the calf every day, yeah. right? From it's like that every day they just get heavier and heavier, right. so it's just a harder and harder workout. Progressive you know? overload is what it's called. Progressive overload. Yeah, it's nuts. Hang rings in your house, people. It's the best thing you can do for yeah, your kids. Seriously, just and right play. in the living room. Yep. They don't think it's work. I mean, shit, Stefan, right. the only time that I've ever seen your kid, and I love this about you, the only time I've ever seen your kid upset while they're playing that I've seen on video is when you made him throw left-handed. Yeah. That was the best thing that you could do for that kid. And they both, they all now can, they all now do that. They can throw right and left-handed and kick yeah. right and left-footed. Yeah, absolutely. Hit yeah. I mean, that's good for the head. That's good for the mind. That's, you know, that, those, that, What's that thing called in between the right and left brains? I mean, it's it crosses over. I mean, it's amazing what that does for their their intelligence. Um, I, I saw on your Instagram this thing called the Erg Desk. Yeah, from uh, Ice Age Mick. Nick. Yeah, tell me about that thing. Is that thing cool? Oh, it's unbelievable. And, and so you just, so you basically do you have an Erg in your house? I got I've got two Ergs, and I've got two Erg desks. So I'll get out and I'll ride the erg. And when I was recovering for my knee, I'd ride that thing an hour every day. And I, cause it, it enhanced my, my uh, range of motion for my, for my knee. And so while the, the erg, uh, the erg desk fits right on the handlebars. And so I'd sit out there and answer emails or phone calls or whatever, while I was working out. You ever Reading. drip sweat? You ever drip sweat into your keyboard? Probably. I mean, I don't, I try not to. Yeah. That, that thing looks, that thing looked really cool. Why do you do the erg instead of the assault bike? I hate the assault bike. How come? Cause I can't use the erg on it. Oh, <laughs> the erg desk on it. I use, I was raised on the Schwinn Airdyne. Okay. And so I'm a big Schwinn Airdyne fan, but they did away with the way the Schwinn Airdyne was made years ago. Yeah, the new ones are ass. Yeah, they're they suck. Uh, I have an assault bike that I actually gave to Sage. She has it at her house. But 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 as much as I want one of those Concept Two bikes, I just feel like if I'm going to sit on there, I might as well get the full body workout. I might as well get my arms in. So well, I ride that. No thing. doubt about it. The, the erg is. <clears throat> if truth be known, the reason I hate, hate <clears throat> I hate that assault bike is. I can burn more calories doing the same work on the Schwinn. Wait, why? How? <laughs> because the, <clears throat> the the monitors aren't linked. 
so it's it's I'm I'm totally mind screwing myself. So oh, I'm not going to do the gotcha. assault bike because if I ride it for an hour, I'm burning 300 calories. But if I ride the Schwinn for an hour at the same level, I'm burning 400 calories. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So gotcha. I mean, that's you do that. That's just you heard it. Mike Bergner is not perfect. He too has a brain he has to deal with. <laughs> Uh, we didn't even cover much and we have to go. We have, so we, we got to do this again, Mike. Did you have fun? I had fun. Thanks for I doing this. I always have fun with you, Savon. Thanks for doing this. Brian, do you want to ask him any questions before we let this guy go, before we let me go to the bathroom? No, I think it's really good. Um, you know, I think, uh, it's, it's good for people to hear, hear from him about just perspective on life and, and lifting and, you know, I, I feel like there's a good a good change that's happening for a lot of people where they're understanding that it's okay and healthy to lift for a long time. And it's but there aren't a lot of people who've been lifting weights for 50, 60, 70 years like Mike has. And there you can see that yeah, he's got some injuries here and there or whatever, but overall he's strong and capable because of it. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Now we work hard. I I, I had some good role models as I was growing up as well. So I'm and gonna, for those stories, you could go search back in the archives and find them. Because when you guys talked last time, you definitely told about some of those men that, yeah. that, that were uh, influences early in your life. Right. Sevon, you must drink a lot of water. So I woke up this morning. I had a cup of coffee. Then I had a pint of water. And now I'm having a second cup of coffee. So you're drinking coffee again. Good job. I am. I, I, I made it two months. My life's, my life's better with coffee. Oh, oh shit. Yeah. Uh, okay, hold on. Hold on. I got to tell my wife something. She's leaving the house. I am coming. All right, Mike, I love you. Hey, I'm going to bug your, I'm going to bug your daughter. Will you put in a good word for me? Yep. She'll love to do it for you. She's your fan. I mean, she loves you too, Savon. Okay, cool. And thanks for having me.